welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week, we're covering... House of M. Finally. Part one. Yeah. Uh, this week we are covering... We're going to do two episodes. The first one is just on the main series, and then the second part is on all of the other bonus content. So... Yeah. House of M was written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Olivier Copil, inks by Tim Townsend, colors by Frank Diarmada, and Chris Eliopoulos did the letters. And, yeah, do you want to give a bit of the background? Yeah, so this is kind of a spin-off and culmination of Brian Michael Bendis's Avengers Disassembled run, which was his big part, the, how he kicked off his Avengers run. Um, basically, Wanda kind of goes crazy and causes a bunch of the team members to die, including Scott Lang's Ant-Man. Um, she causes She-Hulk to go crazy and just rip the vision in half. And then some Skrulls kind of get magically appeared and they kind of kill Hawkeye. And then eventually they kind of take her down. Doc Strange shows up and does some cool magic stuff. And it's just like, yo, Wanda's completely unhinged. We've got to put a stop to this. They eventually do. Later on, it'll be later discovered that Doctor Doom caused all of it, as he's one to do. Was that in a children's crusade? Or? Yeah. Which actually, I like that story arc. I don't remember a lot of children's crusade except that Wanda sort of married Doctor Doom. Yeah. And she has no memories and such. Yeah, and also it took a really long time to come out. Yes, it did. Oh yeah, but she goes crazy because she had two babies with the vision because she kind of conjured them out of thin air, mostly from a demon soul. And then eventually they got taken away from her. She kind of forgot. Basically, everything is Janet Van Dyne's fault because Janet like, accidentally, casually mentioned it one time. Which caused Wanda those like memories to trigger Wanda about what happened to her children. She kind of goes crazy from it. Good job, Janet. Yeah. So House of M is a eight issue miniseries. The first issue is sort of set up stuff where, uh, if you listen to our RPG, it was similar to that except instead of getting distracted and trying to talk out about emotional problems with Scott, the Avengers and the X Men went to the island. They tried to capture Wanda. And instead, she sent them into an alternate universe. So, like, Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy are married. Cyclops and Emma Frost are married. Dazzler is a talk show host. And sadly, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, is in a relationship of some sort with Wonder Man. Yeah. Poor, poor Carol. Well, everyone was in a relationship with Wonder Man at one point or another. Yeah, but I mean, it can be fun, like the Beast and Wonder Man. That's true. I don't know. They did a fine job with it when they, in Brian Reed's run, which is basically what the Captain Marvel stuff was setting up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they do a whole bunch of, like, runover stuff, and a lot of it does not really matter. It's, like, world building without a point. Yes. Like, oh, Kitty Pride is a teacher in Cincinnati. But that doesn't really go anywhere. And uh, Luke Cage is running a human gang. Uh, Doctor Strange is a psychologist working with 
Rob Reynolds, who is not the Sentry. Colossus is like a super farmer in Russia. Uh, Tony Stark has employed Hank Pym and Hank McCoy. And also Forge. And Pym is legally trying to find the mutant gene. Storm is like getting a new dress with Janna Van Dyne. And then Wolverine wakes up. And he has all of his 616 memories. Because up to this point, he really didn't know what happened in a lot of his past. Mm -hmm. And one of his biggest desires was that he wanted to know everything about his past. You forgot to mention that Luke Cage also has hair. Yeah, he does not have the shitty bag on his head anymore. Nope. Oh yeah, and Luke Cage has dreadlocks for hair. Yes. Because... I... Copiel and Bendis didn't really have a lot of context for African-American hair at the time. For men. Yep. Basically, he looks like uh, Ron Swanson. Like a black Ron Swanson. From the the great episode, yeah, from his uh, bender with uh, Tammy 2. Yep. And uh, so Wolverine wakes up. He finds out that he's in a relationship with Mystique, and he's the letter of the Red Guard, which is like the top S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And so he runs out of there and tries to find people he knows. When he ends up reaching Stark Tower after a day or so on the run, the Red Guard confronts him. And he ends up getting kidnapped by Luke Cage's group of the Human Resistance, which includes Hawkeye, who is normally dead in 616. And he gets knocked out. Uh, when he gets back up, Magneto's M-Sentinels attack, so Cloak ends up transporting them all away. And while they talk, Hawkeye mentions that Wanda is human and that a mysterious girl, Layla Miller, came the previous day and mentioned that she knew the same sort of universe that Wolverine has been trying to talk about. Wolverine realizes that he has everything that he had really wanted with getting his memories back, and they decide to go and try and wake up the other people because that's what Layla Miller's power is. And so first they restore Emma Frost's memories, and then they start getting, like, Cyclops, Peter Parker, and uh, they build this group that ends up also including the Red Guard agents who attacked once again. They hijack a helicarrier while Magneto has his birthday going on, and while the team is coming up with their plan. They realize that everyone had also gotten what they wanted, which, yes and no. Like, they try to make everyone's dreams come true, I guess, but it it doesn't really follow 100%. I think to a certain point it does, just... it. Some of those dreams don't actually turn out to be what they should have wanted. Yeah, like the Captain America has a really good line. What we may do is just do the stuff that crosses into the main series this week and then do all the other stuff for the second episode. Okay. Uh, Yeah. They launch an attack in three waves. One of them is launched at Magneto uh, because they send a Sentinel to hit him because Magneto's been building tons of Sentinels. Meanwhile, Emma Frost and Layla Miller go to find Xavier, but they only find his memorial... Uh, Strange seeks out Wanda and finds out that she made this world because of Quicksilver. But then Hawkeye shoots her and he gets killed by one of her kids. And Magneto comes out. He's now awakened to the truth and he pretty much kills Pietro, who had convinced 
wanted to do all this stuff, wanted to bring Pietro back to life, and then she decides that mutants and power doesn't really make a lot of sense, and it didn't really solve anything, so she says, no more mutants, and the world reverts back to normal, except there are only 99 people who still have mutant powers. That's 198. That's right. I didn't remember the number. I only do because there's actually a, a book called The 198. The 599. Exactly. Wait, is that why I named... Huh. I'm trying to remember what I named my uh, Fallout Vault, and I think I may have accidentally named it 198 for that reason. Come on, Luke. I'd be really ashamed if I did that. As you should be. No, I did not. Okay. And yeah, there's some, like, small things, but a lot of the stuff doesn't make sense with the other, like, series that came after. One of the neat things I did like is that Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage is trying to find out about her, and it turns out that in this universe, she married Scott Lang. Apparently Scott Lang is good enough in this universe. I think he could be. Well, she didn't want him because he was a criminal. Yeah, so maybe he didn't have to be a criminal in this universe. That's true. Uh, but yeah, there are a few miniseries that tie into this. Like, there is the, well, and a few weird, like, document books, I'd say. Yeah. Like, there's the uh, Pulse House of M special, which was written by Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, Chris Claremont, Peter David, Nunzo de Filippis, David Hine, Reginald Hudlin, John Lehman, Fabian Nicieza, Greg Pak, Tom Pyre, Daniel Way, Christina Weir, with art by Mike Mayhew, Avalon Studios did the coloring, and Patrick McGrath did the designs. And it's like an issue of the Pulse newspaper, which was a series that was also running at the time. Do you want to explain the Pulse? Yeah, it was basically kind of more like what's going on with like the superhuman community that was run by the Daily Bugle. And then you have like articles by like Betty Brandt, Jessica Jones. This is basically how she got brought into the main 616 universe, because... Alias was one of the Max imprint books. Uh-huh. This was their kind of way of getting her into the regular universe, but not being rated R. Pretty much. And so there's like world building stuff and like articles and things, but nothing that really matters too much. It's it's I would say this. It's fun. Yeah. But it's also written in newspaper style and some of the writers really are not good at writing that. It's true. There's also The Secrets of the House of M, which was written by Mike Reicht, uh, with Brian Michael Bendis as the inspiration, and that's your sort of guidebook piece where it goes over like most of the main characters and talks about what they're doing. And once again, it's not really essential, but it adds some nice uh, like background stuff, like how Nightcrawler really hates Wolverine for dating his mom. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Like how Kitty Pride had turned down being a member of the Red Guard because she wanted to just teach kids instead. I'll at least say this here for everything. They at least did a much better job, I would say, of world building than they do pretty much in any of their other events and such. I don't know. I don't really feel like it's a continuous universe. I liked the House of M or Age of Apocalypse stuff a lot more. Go oh, maybe for Age of Apocalypse. I'm talking about like their more recent events. Oh, like 
Age of Ultron. Yeah, like they've Age done a much Ultron better is... job of like building up these worlds by just even like presenting us with these like little fun extra tidbits. Well, I feel like here they were actually building to something, and Age of Ultron was like, "Shit, we need to get a summer event. What are we going to do?" Yeah, oh, Bendis has this idea. Oh yeah, because I mean he at least did right. Avengers disassembled. It was the last uh, event that we had that didn't have an extra long delay. Or did Age of Ultron have any delays for it? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say extra long. Because, like, Original Sin had some delays. And, like, uh, Secret Wars definitely did. So I feel like we've had a lot of delays for our events. And then, like, uh, Well, Civil it's War hard II. to tell because when you type in Age of Ultron delayed, it talks about how Scarlett Johansson was pregnant and that delayed Age of Ultron. Good times. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it, I feel like here we don't get as much of a feeling of a complete universe, but in some of the 2008 series, it does a better job, even though it contradicts what came before in a few areas. Oh, uh, most of the tie-ins contradict what came before. <laughs> yeah, which, like, at least that didn't really happen the same way in Age of Apocalypse. Like, I like Age of Apocalypse a lot because it all built towards this big event story and here only like a few of the times do mm -hmm. the first one that does is the pulse issue number 10 which was written by brian michael bendis with michael lark on breakdowns stefano guadiano on finishes pete pentazis on colors and vc's cory petite on the letters and like while everyone's memories were getting restored hawkeye had ended up disappearing and so we follow Catherine Farrell, who is a human reporter who writes for The Pulse, who wants to report on Wolverine's escape through Stark Tower. But it's all being kept on the down low, and her editor turns it down because the House of M hasn't given them permission. And she, like, really feels like she's being let down because she herself is a human and she's being restricted. And Ben Urich tells her to pick her fights and write something inspired and so as she's working on the article at night trying to look up stuff, Hawkeye shows up and tries to show her an article about how he had died. But when she sees it, she just sees like a normal article from the House of M universe. And he like talks about how the Scarlet Witch killed her. And so he ends up taking her to the Avengers Mansion, which in this universe is the Botanical Gardens. And he ends up bombing a mutant war memorial statue and then he runs off, leaving her in the lurch. Oh, Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. You crazy bastard. Like, a lot of these one-shot, one-off issues really don't make a lot of sense. Like, I think if they could have done an anthology series back then, it would have made more sense. Agreed. Uh, the next one was... There's the, a couple you know, that made sense that I liked. I like yeah. For the one-offs, I really like the Captain America one. Yeah. Uh, well, the Captain America one, said Luke, scrolling down the Captain America one. It was written by Ed Brubaker with pencils by Lee Weeks. Uh, and Jesse Deliperding, Lee Weeks, and Mike Perkins on the overall art duties, with Avalon's Matt Miller on the colors, and VC's Randy Gentile on the letters. And it's a story focusing on the anniversary dinner for Captain America, who in this universe, he was never frozen, and so like 60 years into the future, he is now an old man. Because fun fact, in this universe, he's better than his old version, because... Yeah, uh, he was able turned, to turn the plane around. Yeah, he he turns the plane around in the English Channel 
with help from Bucky. And so they, like, run the drone plane into Baron Zemo, and it explodes. And Good job, Cap. Yeah. And as a result, with the invaders, they're able to take out the Nazis. Captain America is there for the death of Red Skull. And he also captures Adolf Hitler alive before he can commit suicide. And so after the war, uh, President Truman ends up blessing Captain America's wedding to Peggy Carter. He eventually gets sent to the McCarthy trials, which are about mutants instead of communists. And because he doesn't want to sell out his old buddy Toro, who was the sidekick of the Human Torch, who was also a mutant, he steps down as Captain America. And using his connections, he gets to become the first man to walk on the moon, where he makes a statement about peace between man and mutants. But when he gets back to Earth, Peggy isn't really happy because it's making her job as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent harder because S.H.I.E.L.D. at this time is fighting mutants. And he ends up getting divorced. And a few years later, he meets up with Bucky, who is still with S.H.I.E.L.D. fighting the mutants. And they really struggle to reconnect. When Magneto ends up reaching his like height of power in the 1970s, Steve ends up speaking out against him, comparing him to Hitler, and he ends up getting forced out of the Air Force, and he's moved into forced silence, unable to even speak at Bucky's funeral. And after the dinner, when he walks home, he sees some mutant kids messing with him, and he has some doubts over this world that he fought for, but it turns out that even though it didn't turn out the way that he wanted, he still got everything that he had ever wanted in life. But for everyone that's everything cares about... Dum Dum Dugan is still alive. And mm-hmm. isn't that what really matters? Well, and then there's one more story that I'd say that matters, even though it wasn't like an, a direct House of M, but it did sort of spin out of it more directly than other stories, which was also the last Captain, or the last Miss Marvel comic that you needed to collect. It's true. giant size Miss Marvel. The story was called A Moment of Clarity, and it was written by Brian Reed, with Roberto De La Torre on pencils, Jimmy Palmiotti on inks, Chris Sotomayor on colors, and Dave Sharp on the letters. And in the House of M universe, instead of being Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel. And one of the weird things in, like, one of the guidebooks is it says that, like, Jenna Van Dyne designed the black One Piece costume. In this universe, it's like, Janet, what were you thinking? Well, she always did. I didn't think she always did. Yeah, she always did. Huh. I can go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure she did. Well, we'll take a break. Okay, yeah, it came from uh, Miss Marvel. Or it came from Janet Van Dyne. I thought so. I I <sighs> I'm not a big fan of the look just because we've gotten better stuff since. Yeah, but you're also looking back at this though. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked oh, fine I... beforehand. Yeah, and I mean I liked it when I started reading the uh, series. But yeah, on her on Carol Danvers' way to a celebration, she is accosted by Sir Warren Traveler, who is the Sorcerer Supreme, who ends up putting her through the ringer until she throws a cat at his face, which causes him to disappear. 
and at the celebration she is woken up by Layla Miller. And after the House of M ends, she realizes that she could be the greatest hero, the best of the best in the 616, as well as the House of M universe. Yeah, basically the story is only important because uh, William Traveler comes back. Well, and I, I think that's the first appearance of Chewie, except he's colored white. It is. Yeah. Because, yes, he appears with in the 616 with the cat. And then he got retconned to be an alien. Yay. Which, would that mean that Chewie is actually from the House of M universe? Yeah, personally I would say so, yes. Okay. But it's also not a cat, it's a Flargan. Yeah, retcon. Oh, big retcon. And this kicked off Brian Reed's very good Miss Marvel run. Which brought Machine Man back into normal 616 canon in the next wave style. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that Brian Reed run was, I think, one of those first comics that I read, and it's still a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I haven't, like, reapproached it in a while. It's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's everything that sort of builds on to the, uh, like, main House of M story. I would say yes, because everything else kind of contradicts it. Yeah, or it's uh, very far disconnected from it. Yeah. So that is the end of part one. Uh, please join us later this week for part two when we're going to be covering everything else that came out with House of M and after, except for Exiles, which we're doing next week. But uh, thank you for listening. We'll do a full wrap-up at the end of that next episode. Until then, this one's for Hank.